Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzville, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today, we're going to take up a very topical issue of the coronavirus. And my first question for the group is the coronavirus is God's new judgment upon humanity. You know, the people who said AIDS was God's judgment upon what? Upon the homosexuals. Upon homosexuals. And I'm not sure that was ever true. Maybe it was. I have no clue. I doubt that. Really, what's the context for the coronavirus? Well, it is a new blend of viruses. Now, where it came from originally, I'm not exactly sure. And I'm not sure if it's been truly identified as to what animal source the virus has come from. I'm not even sure of the, of the size of the particle, but it is a larger virus particle than the, the influenza, for instance. And that's why if you were, say, exposed to an individual with coronavirus and that person sneezed, if you were greater than five feet away from that person, then the virus would not have gotten to you. The virus is so heavy it falls out of the aerosol faster than it can get to you. And also, it is fairly easily killed with a fairly weak solution of Clorox, or a bleach, if you will, and by using one-tenth bleach, in other words, one part bleach to ten parts water, you can effectively kill the virus on any surfaces that it might be on, including your fingers and tabletops and such. So it's relatively easy to kill. Wearing a, a mask is not as effective because it is usually transmitted by fingers, you know, those hands, the handshakes, things like that could, could uh, spread it. Now, does this mean you shouldn't shake hands? Well, it means you should wash your hands after you shake your hands. It also means that you need to avoid putting your fingers that may be contaminated next to your face, to your eyes in particular, your nose, your mouth, because that would offer the virus opportunity to get inside your body quickly. So those are the things you need to watch out for. And those precautions can keep this a very manageable disease. Now, Carl, you've outlined some very basic steps to try and protect ourselves. Are those steps any different from what you would do to try and prevent the spread of influenza? Well, like I said, the influenza is more virus particle and can be aerosolized. In other words, you can shoot the bullet a lot further than you can the coronavirus. So, in other words, an individual in one room, there was, a, let's say, a 20-foot diameter area, and someone was coughing in that, then they could spread the influenza virus to a far greater range of people. But with influenza, what you do is try to stay away from sick people. Mm -hmm. You try to minimize hand-to-hand contact. You wash your hands Mm -hmm. and you try to stay in open places, etc. Basically, there's very little difference in terms of how you try to not get communicated disease. Is this the first weird virus we've ever had come up in the world? Well, SARS was just a few years ago. was a very wicked virus as well that was rapidly transmitted and could be quite devastating to certain people who have a weaker immune system. Do we still have a SARS epidemic going on today? Not this time. Not at this time. 
1918 was the Spanish flu, which hit the world hard. That had the interesting effect of that, just like influenza, it sprung onto the scene and then waned during the summer months, but then it came back the next winter. That is causing the CDC and other people to guess maybe that could happen here with coronavirus. We don't know any of this. The point is, is this the black plague? It's definitely not as bad as the plague. Okay. No. But it is, it is something to uh, keep in mind and to be full of taking precautions. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's God's judgment upon humans? No more than the curse of Adam's sin. Okay, and that's the context I wanted to get into, is the point that we live in a fallen world. This stuff, like the Spanish flu, like AIDS, like the coronavirus, occur because God has stepped out and allowed a randomization in his world, in his creation, to occur. Because we said, you know, God, we can handle this. And he said, okay, well, let's see how you do without me. And we have these problems because of that. One interesting thing is, if you look at the data on the coronavirus right now, we're seeing, compared to the reported amount of cases and the reported amount of deaths, what appears to be, and notice I use the word appears, appears to be a 3% death rate. However, people from the CDC are talking to us about one of the problems we have, we believe that the amount of actual cases is underreported out of China, and we believe that we're not identifying everything that's happening in the U.S. because many of the cases are people where they just have sniffles or a very mild reaction to this virus because it has a wide range of interactions. And so their belief system right now is if we ever could get to the point of knowing how many people are actually infected with the thing, that it's going to have a mortality rate less than 1% because they believe so many people, so many are underreported. Let's not minimize this though. They are recommending that people over 60 not take huge long trips or put themselves into positions with large groups of people. Why would they do that? Well, to minimize the contagion and for people who are higher risk for side effects of the disease. In other words, someone who's over 60 and who gets influenza, for instance, is far more likely to have the bad side effects, pneumonia, death, things like that, than someone who's much younger with a strong immune system. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. Of course, this spring, what we've been shocked by was the number of deaths that have happened in Washington State as the virus has come to the United States. But why were there so many deaths originally in Washington State? It got into one nursing home. Now, why is that such an indicator of, of why there were so many deaths? Well, people in nursing homes generally have a weaker immune system than the average population. Mm -hmm. In point of fact, it was just a terrible tragedy that that virus got into that nursing home. But it has caused some amount of widespread panic across the country, and the media has not helped with that. The media has seen this as a circus to get onto. Certainly, there need to be precautions. Certainly, we need to be 
vigilant in terms of trying to not get infected, but to date, and we're taping in, in early spring of 2020, there are just over 100 deaths here in the country uh, from coronavirus. How many deaths have there been of the standard A and B type flus? You said 18,000? 18,000 this year, just in the U.S. We're talking 30 to 60,000 worldwide. I saw Dr. Drew Pinsky talking on a show the other day in which he said, yes, we need to be concerned about coronavirus, but I'm more concerned about the people who aren't getting a flu shot, who aren't doing these normal things of washing hands and paying attention so that they don't get the flu, because we got far more people dying from that. Mm-hmm. Terry, what were your thoughts on this? I pointed out in my latest article, the great oxidation event and LGBTQ acceptance, that Darwinian evolution contributes nothing to science and technology to include medicine. And a reader commented that I was wrong saying uh, the coronavirus evolved. Would you rather not have any knowledge of how it did that? And, and that's what um, I had to point out to him that that was equivocation, which is what the Darwinists are notorious for. A virus mutating into a virus is still a virus, which is not a simple single-celled organism gaining enough genetic information to become all of life on this planet. But yet the Darwinists will still want to use it as an example to prove Darwinian evolution. It's still a virus. It's still it, a virus. Not, it has not become something else. They want to use the term evolution, but really what we're talking about is variation and mutation. What we're talking about is something that has changed over time. It's the first time it occurred. It's not the last time that this will occur. We're going to have more viruses. This is a logical product of the curse because this is a fallen world. And we need to understand that, but at the same time, is this the end of the world? Not from viruses, according to the Bible. Yeah, according to the Bible. Any other thoughts, guys, on coronavirus? and how we need to keep this in perspective because there seems to be a lot of people going nuts over this and the media is not helping with that. I think prayer is the first avenue of approach to this as well as just talking uh, sensibly to our friends about how to prevent the spread of disease. And that is consistent with what's coming out of the CDC, the administration, and from those people who are trying to keep their heads rather than trying to make headlines right now. And what the Bible teaches us about proper hygiene. That's a true statement. In fact, you can have a huge amount in Numbers and Deuteronomy of learning how to have proper hygiene by just paying attention to the Bible. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday 
of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you miss any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. 